Welcome to Comically Comics, your one-stop listen to all things comics. We're talking books, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. I must forewarn you, though, we are spoiler casting. What that means is we consider all properties, past, future, and present to be valid, and we will spoil the hell out of them. I'm your host, Michael, along with my two co-hosts, Richard and Jeremy. And with all that being said, let's get started. What's going on, folks? It is Sunday, March 20th, and guess what? We have all seen the Batman. Woo! Yes, the Batman. That is today's episode, all the Batman. So to start it off, I got to ask. I'm kind of scared. How much do you pay for it? Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, we're bringing that up. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you go first, Michael. Uh, I think I spent $19 and some change for two movie tickets. Jesus. So... It was me and my oldest because she told me about a year ago that she had to see it because it was, you know, Pattinson. So I, I kept my word on it. I said, yeah, sure. If that's what you want to do, I am good for it. So we went and saw it 1250 on a Saturday and it cost $19 and some change. And that was just the two tickets. Cool. I went to a, uh, we went to the one here locally. It was a uh, kind of one of those like dinner movie theaters, but this one here Bougie. actually. Yeah. Well, yeah. But this one here, you actually only pay um, $5 a ticket. That's nice. Because they just go ahead and plan on you spending all that extra money on food and drinks and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And your wife filled her purse up. Like, she took her extra big purse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And had the popcorn and drinks and all that stuff That's in the, the bag. That's the way to do it. Yep. That's the way to do it. That are... are and the little uh, shooters. Yeah. Yep. I'm the only one keeping uh, cargo pants alive or cargo shorts alive because I just <laughs> stuff them full of snacks half the time yeah. when I go into a theater. <laughs> Um, usually we go to the drive-in theater, which is like five bucks a ticket. And then we just like fill the car with snacks and stuff. But for this one, we went to an actual theater. We went at three o'clock on like a Tuesday so we could get like cheaper prices. But yes, fuck AMC. Like a little rant real quick. (laughs) All during the pandemic, you know, nobody was showing movies. And uh, I I don't know, like, I don't want to get too into it, but like with Reddit and stuff with the stock market, a lot of people were putting stock into AMC to help keep it afloat during the pandemic since it wasn't making any money. And I know like movie theaters kind of get the shaft a lot of times. Like I think it's the first week, like 100% of the ticket sales go to the actual studios that make the movies. And like no money goes to the actual theater. And as time goes on, that percentage gets smaller. But how dare they, after all this, to thank people to make like, uh, what's the term where if something is super popular, they're going to raise the price. I know it's $1, but it's still the principle of the matter. Like who's to say (laughs) over time they start charging five bucks more or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Anyway, uh, th- I'm not going to go on to a huge long rant because we got we got a lot to talk about about the Batman. Um, but <laughs> yes, it was something I saw in the news a while back and I couldn't because uh, I was handling some things. But yeah, I, it, that really irritates the shit out of me right now. But anyway. Yeah. So that was something they also started over in Europe, I believe, as well. But I don't know when they started that over there. Did they really? Mm-hmm. That's what I had read. I had read that that had been going on overseas for a bit. It was almost like normal over there. And then they started bringing it over here. It's just for like the the high demand kind of movies. Mm -hmm. Like high demand, new weekend, premiere weekend, I guess, things like that. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I get the argument of like, 
you know, when you buy a plane ticket, if it's during like the height of travel season, prices are going to be more. But movies are different. <laughs> like, it's not like there's only one of that movie being shown at that time. Like, a lot of times theaters will have like four or five different projections running that movie at different times. So, I don't know. It's just annoying. Because now, like, they're trying to keep people going to theaters. So now you've got, like, reclining seats and 4D and all this crazy nonsense. But to do that, I don't know. Just really put it like a stick in my craw if we're going to go, like, with an Alabamian type saying. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it just, it really bugged me. All right. So now that, that Richard's gotten his rant out of the way, <laughs> and I hope he feels better about himself now. A little bit. <laughs> Let's do Will Meters. What were you anticipating when going in to see this movie? And what was the outcome? What was your well meter at the end of it? For me, just to keep things simple, going into it, I was pleasantly whelmed and leaving it about the same. Okay. So what you anticipated is what you got. Yeah, a little. Well, I mean, like, uh, I mean, obviously, there there were uh, different things in there that obviously changed. And I didn't know obviously all the plot lines, all that kind of stuff. but. Just though, like, I was excited about the movie. I thought it was going to be a really good one. And so, I mean, yes, I was pleasantly whelmed even coming out of it, but maybe just to like a tick down from what I was expecting. But oh, yeah. Okay. Richard, what'd you, what'd you say? I went in like super hyped. If I got to get whelmed, I was going in like overly whelmed. <laughs> and coming out of the movie, I honestly. Like, we need a, a ranking more than overly whelmed because I was that. I was, <laughs> like, I was to the moon and back. Engorged whelmed. Yeah, I was in, oh, God, no. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Nothing was engorged. <laughs> but, uh, yes, I fucking loved this movie. This has been, like, the most comic-accurate Batman you know, I have some like with an asterisk over that, but this has been the closest that we've ever gotten to a comic book Batman that we've seen in live action. I'll say that. All right, then. Cool. All right. So one of my comments before y'all, because I actually saw it before y'all this time, which was weird, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but one of my comments was, you know, when I was talking to y'all about it, I didn't want to spoil anything. I didn't want to give any hints or anything along those lines. But I said, this is a Batman we have not seen yet. Did that live up to what y'all saw? Uh, I, I, yeah, I'd probably say so. Cause this one was like the way you said is like he was more, more detective work. I mean, there was some in the others, but not as, I mean, he had his like gizmos and gadgets and all that kind of stuff in the other movies to help figure it out. This one seemed more, he was just, it was him figuring these out and piecing them together kind of thing. So I, 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 yeah, I really enjoyed that part. And it was definitely, we had not seen him be that much of a detective before. Yeah. I was going to ask you what you meant by that later on, because to me, I felt like we have seen a version of this, not necessarily in live action. We haven't seen a Bruce Wayne like this before, no. No. but I wanted you to kind of elaborate what exactly you, you meant by that. You want me to do that now? Uh, yes. yeah i was meaning more of like the detective aspect of it i was meaning more of his intellect we haven't seen really a intelligent bruce wayne i would say before 
And I'm going more based off of the movies than I am actually the cartoons because I think okay. that the movies would speak more to broader audiences than actual like everybody sits there and talks about BTS. That's the ultimate Batman. And like that thing went on for years. Like, of course, they sit there and they hit so Batman, many Batman different... the animated series. Do what now? I was saying Batman the animated series, just in case people like I think BTS in BTS like a Korean like pop star group as well. <laughs> In that oh, thing. yeah, maybe so. <laughs> I just yeah. wanted to make sure that yeah. people are, know what we're referring to is Batman the Animated Series. Sorry, continue. Yes, I yes. didn't mean to interrupt. But. <laughs> so, like, that, a lot of people reference that as being the Batman. However, I, I was strictly talking more towards the movie aspect of it because the Animated Series, like, it had so many years to build on so many different things, and it was an incredible series to watch. Oh, yeah. Whenever people say like, oh, this is the best X of Batman's that we've seen, I'm always like, you mean live action? Because like the cartoon done did it. <laughs> like the the, car, the, yeah. the the animated series done did the good Batman that everybody loved. Right. And well, I can tell you now, everybody hadn't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> How have you never seen like that? You are the right age. I know. Like, I don't understand how you weren't ever... I don't get it. I mean, I, I watched some of them, but I I didn't continue. I, I don't know. I didn't watch a lot of them. And, yeah, whenever... I can tell you now that whenever people think about Batman, they only think really... Well, not, I'm not going to speak for everybody, obviously, but, yeah, I would only think of the live-action ones. Mm, I got you. But, yeah... But the, I did watch the Batman Beyond series there for yeah. a while, too. And, well, see, that ties into the animated series. Batman Beyond is great as well. Like, yeah. the all, well, all those, the... uh the Superman cartoon as well, and the Justice League, and then uh, what was it? Justice League Unlimited mm-hmm. that followed after that. All those are great. All the Bruce Tim, um, even though I don't like what he did later on in life. Uh, <laughs> all the Bruce Tim sort of stuff uh, is just been great. But yeah, I agree with y'all. The this was everything I wanted in a Batman movie. It, it was very detectivey. I could have used a little bit more, but it was enough. Like, in other words, you know how they always say, leave them wanting more? They didn't give me too little. They definitely gave me enough, but I definitely wanted, like, more detective work. And, yeah, this this movie was like a mix mash of, like, Seven, Zodiac, The Long Halloween, Zero Year, Hush, with, like, a little (laughs) bit of uh, Court of Owls sprinkled on top for for seasoning. Like, it was just so freaking good. All right, then. All right, let's get into this like we normally do. So for starters, we're going to name off some high-ass dollar books, okay? Because you're not finding these books anywhere anytime soon as far as first appearances. Of course, Batman, Detective Comics number 27. That is also Commissioner Gordon's first appearance. We've got Alfred coming in at Batman number 16. We've got Catwoman coming in at Batman number 1. We've got Penguin, Detective Comics 58. Carmine Falcone, probably the cheapest book on this entire list, coming in at Batman 405, and the Riddler Detective Comics 140. And what's funny about all this is poor Alfred, like, we got a Catwoman, a Penguin, Commissioner Gordon, and a Batman before an Alfred. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just find that funny. Yeah, that is funny. This episode is going to be a little different as far as reviewing because usually, we, you know, we have an outline of the entire movie and we're able to kind of walk through and just rattle off stuff that we liked, we didn't like, things like that. But we don't have that this time. I don't have an outline of it. So I got a main synopsis of the movie being this. 
And there's like, to me, it was like three different stories going on. You've got the Riddler trying to clear out corruption in Gotham, and his plan is to use Batman to do that. You've got the Penguin that's trying to take over the Falcone business, and you've got Catwoman who's basically trying to help her friend out or partner out, and she winds up dying and she wants to avenge her death. Yes, right. So is there any story-wise that y'all would want to add to that? No, I mean, that, that kind of sums it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree. All right. Y'all want to start off with hype or y'all want to start off with like what you didn't like about this movie? I personally would like to start off what I didn't like because it's so little <laughs> and then go into the things that I just absolutely love and just stuff to talk about because, yeah, I wrote down a ton of notes. <laughs> All right. What's, what do you got? What do you didn't like? What do you not like? All right. the bi- uh, Actually, I'll save the biggest one for last because it'll probably bring up some stuff. All right. So. I didn't like Bruce telling Alfred, you're not my real dad. You're not my real father. I don't see Bruce doing that ever. I get that maybe this is a different take, but I'm tired of, and it only happened once, so I kind of forgive it. Once again, this is a very little thing, but I was very tired of the Michael Caine Alfred. I like that Alfred, but I hated the whole like, I wish you wouldn't do this, Mr. Wayne, and you should just, you know, marry a woman and have children and blah, blah, blah. And like, I always like the Alfred who's like, okay, we're doing this. You know, we're going to take on the Gotham criminal underbelly and he's going to be dressed as a bat. And this is insane, but like, I'm going to make snarky comments here and there, but like, I'm, I'm in it with you. Like, I'm with you, Bruce. And there was that whole, like, you need to protect your your father's legacy and stuff like that, which I'll get into that as well, because there is there is something going on with that as well. But that bugged me. I didn't like... The- Hold on, we're quick. Okay. Because I didn't like the relationship between Bruce and Alfred either. Like, I know they mend it, like, you see later on throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so y'all are on Comically Comics Podcast. You're listening to this right here, right now. Y'all know good and damn well there's going to be spoilers. <laughs> so don't even with that bullshit, okay? Alfred gets hit by a bomb at some point in time yeah. during the movie, all right? Yeah. His ass is in traction in the hospital and whatnot, all right? I thought they were going to kill him. Yeah. I did too. Because I didn't know, like, I hadn't seen this movie yet. I don't know if there's going to be a sequel. I was like, holy shit, did they just kill Alfred? <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, because he's dead. I think he's currently dead in the comics as well. I know he did die recently. Yeah, they they do. Nobody really dies in comics anymore. I'm so I'm so jaded when it's like X died. I'm like, they'll be back. Right. No, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. But I'm just yeah. saying like it was just kind of it correlated yeah. to a certain extent. I get what you're saying. Glenn dies. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Robert Kirkman is is a different. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. <laughs> Alfred just seems like one of those characters you you really would think would never die. Like he, like Batman's lost Robins and stuff like that, but Alfred, you just think that's one character. And I don't know that he ever has died in the series before. And so to me, it was always one of those that why would you ever kill Alfred? Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, I did not like the relationship. They did mend it, you know, in the hospital, and that brought on revelations of Bruce's parents and things like that. Mm-hmm. But starting out, I was like, look here, you little bad asshole. All right. He's the best thing you've ever got to you. Okay. Get your head out of your ass. Pops a Viking in because I know you're hurting right now. But like, you fix this now. That's Alfred. You fix it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I was was honestly saying like, they just felt very distant. And like, (laughs) whenever my wife and I were watching it, we were both like, do you not just picture him? Like, whenever he comes in, don't you just expect him to be evil? 
Like not Alfred, the guy that plays Alfred. Oh, the guy's like, <laughs> oh Andy Serkis? Yeah. yeah. Like he's supposed to be a bad guy. Yeah. He's played uh, Gollum in Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies. He's uh, Supreme Leader Snoke in the Star Wars sequels. He's uh, Ulysses Claw in the Marvel movies. Yeah. What else? He's been in a ton of things. He's in all yeah. of pretty much Peter Jackson's things now after Lord of the Rings. But yeah, I, yeah, he's got that. <laughs> I liked his Alfred, what little we saw, like when he's solving yeah. the like cipher for mm-hmm. Batman and stuff. Like I liked that. But uh, yeah, the, the like fighting between them, I was like, no, I'm tired of this. Can we please just have an Alfred who's like, I'm in this. <laughs> I got this. Yeah. Well, Alfred was like, I'm in this, I got this, To you know, for the most part. I think he was trying to lead Bruce away from it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, he was very much a, you know, they have their lover's quarrel. And then Bruce comes in to go get some berries. And Alfred's about halfway through the cypher. Like, yeah. Well, that's that's my point is I'm just tired of them adding the drama between Bruce and Alfred. I don't think it's needed. You can add drama somewhere else for Bruce. But yeah, the bat suit. That's another thing that I wanted to get to is... I don't like the bat suit. I know it's year two and he's it's like a work in progress, but there's specific things that really distracted me when it was on screen and it's like close up. One being the nose piece. I don't know if anybody noticed, but that freaking nose piece on the cowl looks so I, I kept focusing on it whenever he was like whenever it was a shot from like the neck up i just kept staring at it that and the the stitching there's like the cowl is like made of leather which when he uses that wingsuit and like hits his head he should be dead because there's no helmet <laughs> there's no helmet it's just a leather cowl and yeah the stitching there around the top of the head like the not the crown but like whatever like kind of like where your hairline is it really bugged me, and the weird collar that he has with the cape, which, once again, once he does that wingsuit and he has to, like, release the cape or whatever, and you see the suit without a cape, I'm kind of like, it kind of looks more badass without a cape than it did with a cape. Okay, so the nose piece, I fucking love, like, I would stare at it, too, and I loved it. I love the shape what? of Why? it. Just because it, it really did look like a... It made it look more homemade, I guess. Like it made it look yeah. more realistic to me. It definitely like, was homemade. It wasn't pointy. <laughs> and it wasn't hard. Like it was a curved over. Like it, I was just like, oh, that's freaking awesome. I love that. Really? Absolutely love it. Okay. I think that the cow actually had, like, I can't remember what scene it was. I don't know if he was headbutting somebody or something, but like, or he got hit. But I think it had like maybe plates in it or something to where it did have protection. But still, like him, when he went, like gliding through the city. Yeah. When I saw that scene, I was like, that motherfucker's dead. Yeah. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. This movie's over. <laughs> what I wanted to know, because Matt Reeves, the director of this film, said he wanted an even more grounded film than like the Nolan movies. So what I was wondering, instead of like, so we don't see him, you know, like grappling hook swinging through the city. Like I know he uses it to climb up things, but he doesn't like physically swing through the city and he doesn't really glide. He uses that weird squirrel suit to glide. He doesn't have like a weird like bat, you know, machine to glide. And of course he uses like the bike and the the Batmobile to get through the city. But why didn't he just use like a, a zip line? Like to me, that would be more practical than like having to hurry up and quickly like put on <laughs> like a, a weird squirrel suit to like fly away from the cops. I didn't feel like he, he had to put something on. Yeah, I when he's that. Uh, yeah, I, when he you know when he starts fighting the cops inside Gotham PD. 
Yeah. And he escapes. When he gets to the top, he takes his, like, cape, and I guess it can turn into a squirrel suit. I don't know. He starts wrapping it around, and you see him, like, attaching things and zipping it up, and then he just, like, jumps, and then he starts gliding and whatnot. To me, I'm like, it would have been easier just to be, like, you know, like the Batman 1989 one with Joker in the museum when he, like, pulls out a device and it, like, shoots two grappling lines in different directions and then he just, like, zip lines. Yeah. I feel like that would have been more practical. I don't know, it, I'm nitpicking. Like, I look, this is this is stuff I had to really dig deep to find things I didn't like, like <laughs> to be honest, for people listening. So I do want to say that it seems like the outfit without the cape would be, like, way more practical. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, other than hang gliding, I don't, like, whatever it was, squirrel gliding, whatever that is. Yeah. I don't know why Batman, like, I get it in the comic books, but I'm like, you really shouldn't have that cape. Like, you shouldn't have long pointy ears, and you really shouldn't have that cape, because it's gonna get caught on a door or something at some point in time. Yeah. Like, well, watch The Incredibles. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> My other beef was... It seemed like his boots were like a steel toe heavy boot. Oh, Lord in heaven. That, oh. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it was like the freaking, my, my wife said this, and I completely agree, because I was thinking it right before she said it. She's like, it's like the freaking T-Rex in Jurassic Park. Like, <laughs> every time, like, he just, just, tong, tong. Wow, and I like, never noticed that. What scenes yeah, are y'all talking two, about? Plenty, there's at least two scenes. The The first one was whenever he, uh, beats up the whatever they are in the subway area. Yeah, the the yep. uh, he comes walking out that dark hallway. Well, all you yep. hear is the his footsteps. And then the second, the other time that comes to mind is whenever um, what's his name has the collar, the bomb collar, and he comes walking out of the dark there. Yeah. Gil, Gil, something. The DA. Yeah, the mm-hmm. DA. It was those two scenes where like he did. I'm, I'm just like you just have like this at least 30 seconds of just hearing like just these big stomping. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I think I was focusing, (laughs) uh, just to dive in a little bit about things that I love since we're talking about that is I think I was focusing on the audio, like the music, because I loved those. I love the Batman theme in this movie. The like, yeah, just the strumming of those like two notes that like, dumb, dumb, like, I, I don't know. Every time he shows up out of the darkness, it's usually played. And it, it was just, I really dug it. I also, I have two more notes. Excuse me, I have one more note. And then it's the big thing that I had the issue with. Uh, there's no real batarang. We see that he has one. It's the thing on his chest. But he doesn't throw it. So I don't really consider that a batarang. I consider that a bat utility knife. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, I, I wanted to see something where he like threw it at somebody I don't even need it to come back and him catch it. Like, I just need him to throw it at somebody. There was no Batarang. I mean, that's like his iconic, like, weapon. So, I don't know. It just bugged me. Um, The last thing. The biggest thing. Why the fuck put Joker in this goddamn movie? (laughs) Why have that scene? That scene was so unnecessary. Everything else in this entire movie, I could gush on for, like, five hours. Why put Joker in this movie? Why do it? Ah, oh, it was just so unnecessary. So, I don't really want to get to why, I think. Okay. To me, it was very fun to see. Whether it goes anywhere or not, to me, it was just fun to see. 
and to know that there is a Joker in this universe and he's been captured at some point in time. So Batman has dealt with this Joker. So we could always get a prequel or something like that of an even earlier Batman having to deal with this guy, possibly. Like a year one. Right, something like that, yeah. I have in my where do we think we're going section, Yeah, I kind of touch on the Joker. So I'm going to leave it for that. But I I guess I can kind of see what you're saying. But yeah. I just think it was unnecessary. But we can talk about it more when we get there. I have a where we should be going section, not where do we think we should be going. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sorry. All right, Jeremy, what do you got? Anything that you're like, fuck this, I hate it. Um. I mean, no, not that, like the one thing that like I will say, it was a much darker Batman than what we've see, seen before. Uh, and, and I'm not just even like just in the lighting in general. Like, yeah. If you're not yeah. in a pitch black area. <laughs> yeah. You're going to miss half this movie. Yeah. Like, and it it, it was that, that kind of bugged me a little bit. And it was even because I was, I was thinking about it like throughout the movie too. And then my wife said it, uh, said that as well before I said anything. I was like, ah, that's because I was sitting there thinking through the whole, like, even in like the Christopher Nolan ones. I mean, those were darker than the other ones before that to me, but this one was even darker than those. So, I, but uh, that was one thing that kind of uh, I wasn't really sure about, like, why, why we had to be so dark. And yeah, the, the T Rex footprints stomping. I, I was like, this just, <laughs> I don't know, that was kind of dumb. <laughs> but, and the other thing was, and I think Richard kind of touched on it a little bit about like, in this one, we got very, very little Bruce Wayne, which I told, again, I was talking to about it with my wife. Like, I guess it kind of goes with the movie because it was the Batman. Yeah. And you sure as heck got mostly Batman, which is, is great. But the, there was part of me that still kind of wanted a little bit more of the Bruce Wayne stuff. It definitely seemed like he was still in his, like, I guess, his emo phase. And I mean, that's, that's perfectly fine. But yeah, like those were just some of the things off the top of my head that I can think that I had a little bit of an issue with. But I, I do agree with Richard as well on the music. Like I like the music throughout this whole movie, I thought was great. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And like their main like theme song from Nirvana, that one was really good. I think that one went really well. Yeah. Something in the way is the name of the song. Yeah. Yep. It's just so perfect in this. Yeah. Uh, I guess I want to talk a little bit about two things. One, you're not liking a lot of the Bruce thing. I'm just going to go ahead and mention it just because I don't know if we'll come back. But I think if we're getting a sequel to this, the whole point of them not doing a lot of Bruce in this is because with what I'm getting at is in the sequel, we're going to see more of Bruce being the like, billionaire being all like, you know, whatever. uh, Philanthropist. Yeah, and like the fake Bruce, you know what I mean? Where he's like a rich playboy and doesn't care about anything. To one, throw everyone off that he's not Batman. And two is he learned in this movie that because he didn't handle the things like Alfred had mentioned, his father's renewal plan went to the criminal underbelly and was just funding everybody So I think they intentionally wanted Bruce to be this recluse. They wanted him to be not in touch with the Wayne uh, uh, Industries. It's Wayne Industries, right? Or am I thinking of Stark Industries? I can't remember now. Anyway. um, (laughs) Wayne Enterprises. Wayne Enterprises. Thank you. With Wayne Enterprises. And because of his lack of keeping control of his father's legacy, it's now gone to the criminals. And that's why I th- I think they were intentionally doing that so they can, in a sequel, 
deal with Bruce being more of an extrovert than an introvert, if you will. Yeah. Uh, the music, I thought this was kind of cool and I just wanted to bring it up. One, it's on fucking point and we've said that enough, but two is my wife picked this up and at the beginning of the movie, when Riddler is trying to like murder the mayor, his like first victim, the like opera song Ave Maria is being played. And then throughout the film, every time Riddler is kind of in a scene, his theme is Ave Maria in like a minor chord. So it's a little off, you know, it's like a little twisted. It's a little sort of like corrupted, if you will. And also the boys, when Riddler reveals like the whole thing with the renewal plan to Bruce in that little like projection thing when he's at Arkham the boys in the choir are singing Ave Maria and Riddler was one of those boys. So it's a cool, like, it's all tied together in a neat little bow. Anyway, I just thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. She would be the one to pick that yeah, up. Yeah, I know. We were actually talking about it before we started the podcast because I thought she was talking about the Nirvana song. And I was like, it's called Ave Maria. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and then she was like no it's the and I was like oh I was like I would have never fucking thought of that nope. <laughs> when something on in the way came on and, and I was sitting next to my oldest I, I leaned over to her I said just beware all your little friends she's she's turning 19 here next week I said all your little friends are gonna be out there buying everything Nirvana. I'm just letting you know <laughs> yeah. right here, right now. And she said, are you being serious? I said, yeah, just watch. And so it's it's been a week now since we went and saw it. And she came in, she's like, oh my God, everybody, <laughs> you're so right, is now downloading and listening to Nirvana. I said, yeah. I mean, it's just, I said, they did the same thing when Bohemian Rhapsody came out. Like, that's, that's what's going to happen. So, yeah. I do want to say uh, the other beef that I have with the suit is, and I've already mentioned it once before because it was in the previews, the shots that that thing was able to take when he was coming in to confront Falcone, like, yeah, no, that shit, I don't, whether it stopped a bullet or not, it put him on his ass. I'm just letting you know right here, right now. Well, what's weird is in that scene, since we kind of brought it up, uh, the fight scenes in this aren't very ninja-like. Like, Batman's more of just, like, a fucking tank. Like, he just walks into the fucking room, (laughs) takes all the fucking hits, and then just decks people. Yeah. Which I kind of like, but he's not, like, uh, League of Shadows Batman, where he's, like, a ninja. He's just, like, a juggernaut. He's an unstoppable force, Um, (laughs) which I kind of like. But what's weird when you mention that is, yeah, it takes all those shells, but then when the Riddler acolytes are are at the end of the film, (laughs) shoot him, all of a sudden now bullets affect him. Like, it was very strange. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I just, I was like, and and you know somebody had to die in that hallway because when he was (laughs) kicking their ass and like, and they would shoot down the hallway some more, I'm like, Y'all's buddies are on the ground right now. So <laughs> they're just riddled with ricochet. Watch out for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, I have to agree on that one too. Cause like, especially being year two type thing, I'm like, okay, you can't, you, you can't tell me that you got all the holes patched up and everything. Like, and there's no seams or nothing that you, you got penetrated there. Like, 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was another one to me too. His jaw is still unprotected. Shoot him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or shoot through that leather helmet yeah. or leather hat. I guess. Yeah. Well, and like I'm not even talking about getting penetrated with a bullet. Just the sheer force. Yeah. Of a you know rifle round that close range mm-hmm. in your chest, abdomen, whatever. That's gonna put you down. Like it's it's gonna make you go. Ooh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like at the end. It did that at the end. Yeah. A shotgun blast. Yeah, yeah. shotgun, yeah. Yeah, that was that was probably my biggest beef with the entire movie was was that. I'm trying to replay stuff in my head and I just I can't think of anything else that was uh maybe other than like his car. Ugh. And the only reason I'm saying that is because the amount of torque that that thing would have to have like had was <laughs> I gotta say, like the first thing, whenever he first brought out his car, you know, he's down that little alleyway, whatever, he starts revving, and then like it jumps. I was like, did he just stall it? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just like (laughs) everyone, I went to Reddit and was looking, reading comments. Everyone thought that. They were like, did he stall? But I think the intention, okay, I'm sorry. One, this is my favorite live action Batmobile. I still love the Batman the Animated Series Batmobile, but this is my favorite Batmobile because the introduction of it, when it starts revving up and the engine starts getting red hot and you hear the water hitting it and it's burning and screeching, it sounds like a fucking demon. Like, it just sounds (laughs) menacing and scary and I just fucking love it. But uh, I think the intention for the director, but I agree with you, Jeremy. I, too, was like, did he did he stall it? I think it's supposed to be like, <laughs> it's this weird, like, monster, like, yeah. not let off a leash yet. It's trying to get to him or something. But, yeah, it was kind of, I don't know. I feel like someone should have told him, let's, let's reshoot that scene or something. <laughs> <laughs> See, I never took it as a stall. Really? Because where it was parked, the scene layout and stuff like that. I took it more of a cat and mouse kind of thing. I took it way more of a, come on, buddy. Come on, mm. do it. Yeah. Please do it. And then just that kind of like push, like I'm, I'm going to get you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Just that playful, like <laughs> I'm coming for you make it fun for me. That's what I took it more as. So, yeah, I was also watching some behind the scenes, like interviews, well, not behind the scenes, but just them talking about behind the scenes during, like, the whole, like, publicity during the, like, premiere and stuff. Apparently, most of the car chase scenes was done, like, practical. Like, a lot of it wasn't CGI. Like, they just strapped, like, a camera onto, like, the side of the car if they needed that shot or on the front of the hood. When Riddler, Riddler, when Penguin is rolling, that's in a, like... They just took a car and put like a mechanism that like like spit roasted it, and then they just strapped uh, uh, Colin Farrell in it, and then just spun him with like a camera in there. <laughs> oh jeez! I thought that was really interesting. I think the like obviously the like scene where it goes up the little like car ramp and then jumps through. I think that's CGI, but for the most part, all those things that you were seeing was like practical. Cool. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. All right, I get is that is that all the dislikes and and some of the likes? Yeah, sorry, my my likes <laughs> leaked into this. Yeah, I, I think that's good. So you know, catch us next week. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. All right, 
likes, because I know this is this is going to be probably the big one here. The only thing that can maybe be even bigger this is is where we're going from here, or as Richard's now quoting, where we should be going from here. But <laughs> likes, what what is what was the hype moments? What did you thoroughly enjoy about this movie? Uh, I mean, I really the 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 things that I liked about it were just I, I don't have any like pinpoint ones right off the top of my head that I'll I mean I'm sure I'll kind of tack on to what the two of you bring up, but I really did like seeing that he was being Mr. Detective. Oh, that was one thing, like, to kind of backtrack for a second. For somebody that doesn't know all the, like, all the characters, you know, who all was involved and all the names, I kept getting Falcone and... Maroney. Maroney. I, I was like, I couldn't keep them straight. Yeah. But my wife and I were both the same. Like, I, I don't I, I don't know which one we're talking about now. <laughs> <laughs> Two Italian mob bosses. Now, that's understandable, yeah. I mean. But I mean, I don't have anything in particular right now, so I'll just I'll, I'll hand it off to either you or Richard to see where we go. Well, one thing, real quick, before because I just thought of something I hated. Okay, everybody gave, including myself, uh, Jared Leto's shit because of the way they made that Joker, like his appearance. Riddler, I hated the mask. I hated all that shit. Oh, yeah, I did not like the Riddler costume, and I never have, even after watching the movie. And I and I was like. When I saw the action figures and stuff, I was just like, I just, I don't, but maybe. And then I saw it and I was like, maybe, but no, I don't like it. I don't like yeah. it. I don't. My wife's comment at the beginning of it, she's like, is that Bane? <laughs> no, it's not Bane. <laughs> it is I, Bane, yeah. yeah, I, uh, the, the weird, creepy gimp mask, which I know it's not a gimp mask. I saw the whatever the Twitter post or whatever his like Instagram stream when he's talking with his acolytes at the end of the movie, someone says it's uh, a winter. I don't know if you, if you're paying attention to the comments, like, you know, that last message, winter combat mask or something like that. Yeah. It's a winter combat mask that you can buy at like Gotham, like military supply store. Uh, Yeah. I didn't like the Gimp mask, but I did like the, once again, like he's trying to make, a more realistic looking, you know, whatever. Uh, I did like that. If you'll notice, he has saran wrap like on his face as well. And it was because he didn't want to leave any hair, DNA, skin cells, sweat, whatever it may be at the crime scene. Right. I thought that was really, really cool. Once again, showing like Riddler's very smart. Yeah. But uh, I was fine with it because of how the story was sort of being told. But as a like... It just would look really silly if a guy showed up in a fucking question mark like suit, like tailored suit with a fucking question mark cane. Um, it would just look really silly in this world. You didn't like Jim Carrey's? No, actually, I don't like Jim Carrey's Riddler. <laughs> I'd just like a, I'd just like the bowler cap. Okay, I would have just liked to have seen <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, oh, I agree. Like. No one would have done like a cool, interesting Riddler, but for this one, it makes sense. Plus, like I said, like he kept saying before the movie even came out that this Riddler was kind of based off like the Zodiac killer and stuff. Yeah. So it makes sense why he has this fucking weird like gimp mask. (laughs) All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Your likes. What's we got? Oh, me? Oh, okay. Oh, strap in, boys. (laughs) I, I'm just glad you didn't say strap on. <laughs> um, I fucking love the beginning of this film 
Batman is narrating his like journal entries and he talks about how the city is so big and he can't like be everywhere at once. But because this is like year two, he's made it to where the Gotham underbelly fears the dark whenever the bat signal comes on. I love that scene when it shows like multiple like crimes happening. And as soon as the bat signal comes on, they all like look into the darkness and they're like, oh, fuck, he's in there. And then like, <laughs> like they just immediately like run. And of course, he's not there, but it's just really fucking rad. <laughs> I mean, all I got to do is just look at a puddle of water. <laughs> <laughs> See if there's any ripples. I'm, I'm planning on rewatching this movie at some point. I've got to listen to those because I did not like I, like hand to a Bible, whatever you want. Like, I'll swear on anything. I did not notice the footsteps. That's so bizarre that I didn't notice those. <laughs> then and y'all did. Yeah, it's like a thick, heavy, like, step, uh-huh. and then it's like a chain, like a, a ching, yeah. like, huh. on top of that, like the boot clanks or something like, like that. Like spurs or something? Like spurs, but you think more buckles, because okay. it just seems like buckles would be more yeah. appropriate. But that just kicking ass with some heavy boots, like, that just seems like <laughs> it'd be difficult. Well, he's got to be, like, the armor and everything, that, that suit's got to be heavy as shit. Right. Like, to me, I'm like, you want to kill Batman, <laughs> just throw him in a river. He'll just sink to the bottom. <laughs> but uh, I love, I love, 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 my favorite thing about this, because this movie does a lot of show, not tell. I love mirroring the quote from Batman at the beginning of the film and also with the Riddler acolyte at the end of the film where after Batman beats up those, like, Joker-esque thugs, he tells them, I'm vengeance. Yeah. And the Riddler acolyte, who says the same quote as well, I am vengeance. And it shows, like, Batman needs to be more than just a vigilante. He needs more than just fear. He needs to give Gotham hope. To the point that we, at the end of the film, we literally see him leading the people of Gotham into the light. Like, we literally see that. Yeah. I, I just, I really love it. I, I, it. It was beautifully told. I love the twist of Riddler isn't leaving clues to be caught. He's leaving them like love letters to Batman because he thinks that he's doing the same thing that Batman is doing. I, I, I really thought that was really interesting. They were both very similar, especially with them, especially with them being kind of like overly dramatic with the way they handled, like, tackling corruption in Gotham. And even, like, a silly moment was, because my wife and I, like, leaned over to each other. When when Bruce, when, I think it's when he figures out that he's the next victim, like, Bruce Wayne is the next victim, and Alfred gets attacked. That's it. It's when Alfred gets attacked. He shoves all the furniture in Wayne Tower, and then he just spray paints, like, I don't know, a web of clues that he's collected on the floor. And Jessica was like, oh my God, rich people. And and like Bruce is such a dramatic, like rich <laughs> asshole. <laughs> and, and But it's also funny that Riddler later on in the film kind of does the same thing. When he pulls up the carpet, he has that whole like plan. Yeah. So it's another sort of like mirroring of the two. I thought that was interesting. But yeah. I- I didn't really catch on to that. The, those were love letters either till the end and even really just talking about it too. Cause you know, it, it's, it's given him one of those was giving him the instructions, you know, bring to bring him into the light. Yeah. And you know, he would take care of it. Well, 
I mean, just naturally as a movie watcher, you just assume that those cards are like you said, like the clues or something like that to try and like where the Riddler's trying to play with Batman or something like that, trying to figure him out or something like that. And then realizing that no Riddler just figured they were on the same team, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. That was probably my favorite twist in this film. Yeah. You know, you were talking about the, the similarities between the two characters, and I never really saw that until you kind of laid it out there, which makes me appreciate the movie even more, because one of the biggest things with Batman and his rogues gallery is each rogue is essentially a mirror, like, dark but not dark version of himself. And so... Yeah, they're always like funhouse mirror. Ver- like, they're, if Bruce did one thing wrong... He would, I mean, sorry, I don't mean to step on, but like the the uh, Batman Arkham comic, the serious house on the serious earth, they touch on that. It's basically Batman's just as crazy as the, his rogues gallery and he belongs in here along with them. Yeah, yeah. So that um, I, I appreciate them putting, because I've never seen, that's something else that I've not seen in a Batman movie yet. Because, you know, Batman's a superhero. And you're like, you don't want to look him as like he's flawed. Mm-hmm. But like, he's seriously flawed. <laughs> oh, big time. Yeah. <laughs> I loved Zoe Kravitz, Catwoman. I loved it a lot. The only nitpick, I thought we would see an actual Catwoman mask. I I figured the beginning, like them sort of introducing Batman and Catwoman was her robbing someplace and wearing the goofy toboggan with the big giant hole cut out, which would not hide your identity at all. (laughs) Like it's, it's just essentially covering your hair and like your nose. Uh, like it still shows your forehead. Superman did it with fucking well, eyeglasses, okay? Yes. <laughs> yes and no. Like, it, <laughs> one could be argued that he always, like, kind of hunches. And, like, there's been a comic that kind of shows where he hunches and kind of puts out his gut a little bit to make him look not exactly like Superman. But anyway, that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast we can do. Like, a whole nother episode we can do. But, yeah, I loved her attitude. I loved the costume for the most part. I like that they do the long Halloween where she's uh, an illegitimate daughter of Falcone. Yeah, there was a lot that I I loved about this version of Catwoman. To me, she's been my favorite Catwoman. I was going to say, like, I love the chemistry between Pattinson and her. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really good. So that's that. And I was also going to because I saw somebody else bring up this question before too: Pfeiffer or Kravitz? Oh, Kravitz for me. Jeremy, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer <laughs> played Catwoman in Batman Returns. Oh. She's, got the, she's got the Stitch costume, all that jazz. Did you see that movie, Jeremy? Danny DeVito as the Penguin. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Biting people's noses off. Yeah. Sorry. For some reason, I had like Halle Berry stuck in my head. Oh, God, oh, no. no. Oh, or Anne Hathaway, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, as as yeah. Richard would say, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, seeing as how I don't really remember Michelle Pfeiffer, then yeah, I'll go with Kravitz. So, <laughs> yeah, my wife likes the Anne Hathaway one. I'm not a fan of it. It's Anne Hathaway's too much of a good girl. I'm sorry. I just I couldn't get down with it. I couldn't. I tried, but I couldn't. Now, Richard, did you notice that? Like, uh, apparently, uh-huh. I guess she. <laughs> What? <laughs> no, give me. A, I, I'm not going there. Uh, did you notice though that like her um, toboggan mask thing that she put the little ears to? Yeah, yeah, I noticed it. Yeah, 
So at least you put a little bit of effort in there instead of just like cutting a hole in the thing. Yeah. I don't know. It, the the costume was a cute like nod to it, but I really thought we would get by the end of the film like her actually like I don't know. I was waiting for her to like whatever Batman gives her her cowl or his cowl or something then she like restitches it to make it look more like a cat or something. That's a terrible idea, but I just threw it off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> I don't like that she didn't have a whip. She did have a whip. Like, I mean, that hand. No, she did, because I kept asking. I'm like, she had a whip, but it made the sound of a chain. And I was like, is it a chain? Does she have a whip weaved in between a chain? Like, I was so confused, but it was definitely a whip. See, I thought it was more like a rope. Like, she was using it to where it looked like a whip, but I just thought it was a rope. Well, I mean... A whip is technically a rope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like smaller on the end. It's got a big handle. Like, I just think Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I liked Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman so much. I would love to see a spinoff movie with her. She mentions Bloodhaven, which good luck there, Selena. Like, Jesus. Like, Gotham, which that's another thing that I loved, is Gotham looked so Gotham in this movie. It was just, it looked like a absolute shitty place to live. It was raining. Everything was covered in, like, dirt and grease. Apparently three quarters of the lights were out. Yes, it was dark. <laughs> it looked like, why in the hell would anyone want to live here? And But to say that, Bloodhaven in the comics is even worse than Gotham. So go figure. But yeah, Selena mentions she's going to go to like Bloodhaven. I would absolutely love to see a spinoff movie where she like we see that. Meh. I, I, I think that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I too loved the narration. And I think that's another thing that set this Bruce away from other ones was you know, I, I didn't really dig the emo aspect of it, but I thought it went well with the movie. But the narration, I love that, that he was like, he was talking to us. He didn't really even speak most of the time in this movie to anybody else. Yeah. Like he was speaking directly to the crowd for the most part of this movie. I love that this movie is probably one of the most successful in having multiple characters cohesive in a story in a movie. Like most of the time when you start seeing like multiple characters come in and stuff like that, the shit starts falling apart. Like Spider-Man three, you know, you throw in Venom in there and Sandman and, and Hobgoblin and all like all or new goblin, whatever Harry was. And to me, the new Spider-Man with all its villains like that fell flat for me as well. For the most part, uh, it was more of a nostalgia thing. It definitely had cool parts, but it wasn't, I was just like, I, I don't need all these villains really. Yeah. But this like, each person had a cohesive part in this big giant story and built on each of those characters. Like I just, I feel like the story itself was just a very well done story, like just roundabout. So yeah, dude, I will say like on the whole uh, emo thing too, like really that one was cracking me up too. And like all I, I kept thinking in my head that all he was missing was just like the little purple streak of hair. <laughs> See, I, I, I gotta be honest with y'all. The emo thing, I didn't feel like, he had the black eye makeup because he just he's just Batman. Yeah. Like he yeah. carries the he carries the suit in his backpack 90% of the time when he's just like traveling around. And then his hair all being messed up is because like he's wearing the cowl. And also the reason why it's long is I get a take of this Bruce being like, like I said, he's a recluse. Like he doesn't fucking care. He probably gets one haircut a year. You know what I mean? Like he probably just shaves his head and goes, 
all right, I'm good. And like, we're seeing like whatever the, the point where it's like super long. Yeah. And I don't know. I never got like a emo type like vibe from him. Like I did with Toby's actual emo <laughs> well, yeah. in Spider-Man three. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So for me, I think it was more, I think it goes back to his relationship with Alfred and that kind of like child parent kind of. <laughs> You're not my real dad. Like, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Where he's just like this smug asshole to Alfred. It's like, look, Alfred's your only buddy right now, okay? Yeah. But being a yeah. dick, all right? And like, yes, the makeup does go towards that, but I understand the makeup and the hair does go towards that. And I understand that as well. But just like his demeanor and like his, what does Jeremy say? What do you say, Jeremy, as far as like the rock and his, what, what's, it, what's that oh, face he's got? Yes, that <laughs> smolder that he has. And he's just, yeah. I'm just like, okay, buddy. You can be a little happy. I mean, you, yeah. you are a millionaire. Like, <laughs> you don't you don't have to you know have like a necessarily job. Like, <laughs> yeah. I will say also talking about like Pattinson versus like you know when he's out of the suit versus in the suit. The scene when he is shoving all the furniture aside to like spray paint on the floor, he's shirtless in that scene, <laughs> and I don't think they should have done that because <laughs> he looks so scrawny. <laughs> I was yeah. like, yeah, that is all suit, baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, cause he looks very big and buff when the suit's on, but. Yeah. Whenever he was moving that, my wife leaned over. She was like, why is he doing this shirtless? Yeah. Like, what is that supposed to help? Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I don't know. Something's in the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's this furniture. It's this goddamn furniture. <laughs> Where the fuck is Alfred? Oh. Ooh. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I damn. <laughs> I will say, like, I honestly loved Ben Affleck as Batman. I loved it. I loved when he was in the suit, how swole he had gotten to be Batman. I love that. But that buff ass Bruce Wayne of Ben Affleck, I was like, that just doesn't look right. But at the same time, like, if he's going to be that way for Batman, like he has to be that way as Bruce as well. And then I see Pattinson, and I'm like, but he's so little. Yeah. I mean, he's he's definitely more swole than I am. Don't get me wrong. I'm a tubby little <laughs> bastard sitting here. But, like, same. I was just like, oh, he's so little. Like, I was like, I just need a happy medium between the two guys. Like, that's... Yeah. <laughs> see, I, my favorites, like, whatever, take it what you will, but the Nolan, the first one, Batman Begins, when um, Christian Bale put on all that weight, I thought he was fit enough looking to be, like, he looked like he could you know, fight and punch and stuff, but he didn't look like he would, you know, flex and like rip his tailored suit when he's in a meeting. <laughs> yeah. Christian Bale, to me, by far one of the worst Batman oh, yes. there ever has been. Absolutely. Yeah, like, he's he's the worst Batman. I I will agree. He was okay as Bruce Wayne. His bat suit sucked. I I hated that. <laughs> I hated him as Batman. Like the things that carried those movies were the villains, and the reason I stand on that soapbox is because everybody hates the last one. It's because everybody hates that villain. Batman didn't save that movie. You know, the first movie was cool, and a lot of people liked it and dug it, but we hadn't had a Batman movie in God knows how long. And then the second one, everybody loved because of Ledger. So the villains carried those movies. Christian Bale did not. Oh, I, I agree with you. I'm just saying, like, as far as fitness goes, Look, we should do an episode talking about the Nolan Batmans because I want to get into 
I want to get into everything right and wrong about those movies, especially the third one, which is mostly wrong. And it ain't the villain. It ain't like it, it. It's a funny thing to point at with the silly Bane voice. I love the Harley Quinn cartoon show where the, I love the actor that does Bane in that. It's freaking hilarious. Like <laughs> the, 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 the streets to run with Razzy Zazzy. Oh. But anyway, um, I was going to say, you just want to go and make fun of his voice a little bit here and there. Yes. <laughs> I always love, uh, I whenever uh, I get a chance, I always like to do the Bane voice, um, especially when we had to wear masks and all this stuff. Every time I put on a mask, it was like, <laughs> no one cared who I was until I put on the mask. was <laughs> uh, <That's> great. <laughs> Uh, my wife too hates it. She absolutely fucking hates it. She's all like, every time I do it, she's like, "Ugh!" <laughs> but that's because I do it all the time. I'm just gonna go on record and say I love Bane in that movie. I'm not gonna lie. Oh god. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So anyway, we should do something with that in a later thing. But no, I was just talking about the fitness, the sveltness of of Bruce Wayne slash Batman. I got you. He had a very Michael Keaton body. I will say, out of all the Batmen, I will agree with you that Batfleck had the best balance of Bruce and Batman. His Bruce wasn't awful. It also wasn't great. Yeah. And his Batman wasn't great, but also wasn't awful. So I guess out of all of it, um, you know, his stats would be pretty, like, level if we're ranking that. But, But yes, I agree. Like, if we were to ever have, like, a true Dark Knight Returns, like, movie, like, live action, I would love to see Ben Affleck, just because of his body size, take on that role. I think that's what Snyder was trying to do, was the Dark Knight Returns with all the Snyderverse-y stuff. But, anyway. Mm, I got you. What, what's the Dark Knight Returns? Is he supposed to be, like, bigger or something? It's a story written by Frank Miller. It's good. The sequels are that shit insane no pun intended but that's just because frank miller has gone off the deep end but basically it's a story where batman has been retired for x amount of years comes out of retirement um to shorten it like superman batman fight at the end batman dies and fakes his death if you will superman realizes it and learns a lesson from it uh, like i i'm just i don't want to he kicks superman's ass yeah he does and it's awesome and it, in the batman v superman <laughs> movie is very loosely based off of it like that suit that he wears to fight superman that's the dark knight returns uh yeah. like armored suit that batman fights superman in we may read it one time i, I think we should yeah. read it it's a very pivotal it's a, good, it's a good story yeah it's a good story it's a very pivotal like story in the batman mythos that it's definitely worth a read and a good cartoon that goes with it too like yeah. cartoon movie yeah two-parter well, i'm up for it <laughs> all right I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I'm just like, this was amazing. Richard, you got something? Yes, I do. Uh, I was I was hoping someone would bring it up, but I had it just down in case no one did. Was that venom that was injected into Batman when he gets shot with a shotgun? He pulls out a vial and it's glowing green and then he stabs it into himself oh. and then he's able to get back up and then he beats the living shit out of the Riddler <laughs> acolyte. Was that Venom, and Jeremy, not Venom the symbiote, but uh, Bane uses in the comics a serum to augment his strength called Venom. Venom. (laughs) Was it Venom or was it the the drops? 
I don't think it was the drops because the drops are done in the eyes. That's why they're called drops. That's true. This was just straight up like he had like a spot in his suit where he can inject himself. He seemed pretty kind of hesitant about doing it, too. Like almost like he was worried like what it was going to do or something. Yeah. Well, the reason I bring it up is there's a story and this will lead into where do we think things are going or where they should be going. Uh, There's a story called Batman Venom where Batman uses Venom. He's like, oh, if I use this, I'll be better at fighting crime and I can, you know, do whatever. And he gets addicted to it. And then by the end of it, he figures out like he he needs to get off of it and he gets himself clean. So I was just curious if any of y'all caught that and thought maybe it was Venom or not. I did not catch that at all. I mean, it'd be good. It'd be a good spot to have it. It'd be a good play to go ahead and pull that. Like that's something we haven't seen. So I'd I'd be down for it. I'd be cool for it. I mean, yeah. I mean, that sounds like it'd be kind of. I obviously didn't know that storyline there. So I, I mean, I just kind of thought it was just the powers of Mephisto coming in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is DC, Jeremy. This is DC. Mephisto doesn't doesn't cross over. He's never crossed over. So so Jeremy, when we're talking DC, no, uh, I would say. By the way, no on on the podcast, I want to mention: don't ever help him. He doesn't need help. You just helped him along the episode I was gone on. Like, why would you do that? Cause this makes me smile. <laughs> oh man, Rosal Ghoul would probably be the closest thing to Mephisto. No, in DC. no, not no, 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 no. Trigon. Yeah, yeah, Trigon. So there you go, Trigon for yeah. DC and Mephisto for Marvel. Raven's dad. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I was also like when we were watching it. You know the scene where um, he goes into his dad's office. And he's got the like it's chained up and all that kind of stuff. The only thing that came to my mind was like having Mephisto in the in the door handle there <laughs> from the <laughs> Doctor Strange one. <laughs> the reason I threw uh, Ra's al Ghul out there was because uh, it need the demon's head, and that is nickname. Yeah, but that's a nickname. He's not yeah. an actual demon, <laughs> right? I just for whatever reason I couldn't think of an actual demon. I knew DC had one, uh, and I didn't want to go Etrigan. So yeah. Anyways, okay, comic <laughs> pasta. Yeah, hey, we hadn't done that in a while. <laughs> All right, where are we going? What like what do y'all want to see? Like where like there's questions of Martha and her sanity and what the fuck that's all about. Yeah, and, like, I'll just say right? it. Right, the Court of Owls. The Court of Owls. Okay, we got Court of Owls. Well, because that is that's one of the things in Court of Owls. I don't. Okay, so my my suggestion to y'all is uh, I know Moon Knight's coming up. I don't know if we'll have a chance, but we should read Court of Owls yes. because I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my bones. I'm confirming it. Whatever you want to, whatever we want to do, say. <laughs> I feel like one of the sequels to this is going to be Court of Owls because this felt very set up for that, especially with the mentioning of Martha Kent being in and out of asylums. And I don't, I don't want to spoil anything for it since we're Martha reading Kent. It. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Why did you say that name? <laughs> um. Martha Wayne being in and out of asylums that feels very set up for a Court of Owls story. Now, I will say there's a lot of stuff in this movie that is set up where we could go. Where we should go is Court of Owls because, in my opinion, 
that's been one of the best Batman stories in the last decade. And I just think it's new, it's fresh, it's a it's a very cool idea that we've never seen before with the Batman. Yeah, I, it's absolutely where we should go. Now, where could we go? I mentioned Batman Venom. There's straight up Hush. We mentioned there's a Thomas Elliot at some point in there. And then one of Riddler's like, I don't know, reels that he's showing Batman. One of them says Hush with like a question mark on it. So they straight up just say Hush in there. Um, Joker obviously seems like where they may be going. But we've had so many Jokers now. We've had Ledger. We've had Leto. We've had Joaquin Phoenix. Like, I'm tired of the Joker. There's a reason why in the comics, like, they usually say, unless it's a fucking amazing good story with the Joker, we're not using him. They always use him sparingly because, like, well, they used to. Now it seems like he's in everything. But, I don't know. I don't want the Joker to be there. I think they should go Court of Owls. Cool. Jeremy, what what do you want to see? Do you care? You don't care. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, like, that, bringing up the... Martha, like that was a question I had in there too. Like I was like, "What the heck? Like what's what's wrong with Martha here? And why did <laughs> Thomas? That's his dad, right? Yeah, yeah uh, yes. want to cover up whatever's going on with her? Like I had no idea what that reasoning was there. So having something there to explain that would definitely be be nice. I'm very interested to see. So they are they are doing like a penguin series on HBO Max, right? Yes, they're doing a penguin series on HBO Max. And I want to say that the GCPD series that was going to be on HBO Max oh, God. has changed to something else. <sighs> so here, you know, hold on one second, one second, one second. Because I hear you sighing over there. Yeah. So what if they did, because it's changed. I can't remember what it's changed to though right now. So that makes me a horrible host. But what if, you know, if they did do a GCPD kind of thing, by the way, Dude that played Commissioner Gordon does not get enough credit. Oh, yeah. That was an awesome performance. I'm just saying here, right here and right now, like, he was awesome, and I loved his role and how he portrayed yeah, it. Yeah, he's uh he's the Watcher in What If. He does the voice of the Watcher. Oh, does he really? Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah Jeffrey Wright cool. is his name. And yeah. yes, he's he did an amazing... I didn't... Yeah, I didn't write any notes on that, I guess because it was just perfect. Like, I like the relationship between... Just a quick little synopsis. I loved everything about Gordon. I love the relationship between him and Batman. It was great. Uh, I love the line where he's like, you should have pulled your punch. And he's like, I did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So what if, because the movie ends with the Riddler setting off bombs and basically levees and things like that break and Gotham is flooding. Yeah, the seawall shatters and yeah, part of the city is flooded. Essentially, we've set up no man's land. Yeah. With us setting up No Man's Land, HBO Max has a Penguin series that's coming out that was supposed to be a sequel. They first spun this as a sequel to the Batman. What if the HBO Max Penguin and if they did a GCPD were like sister episodes, like an episode from each side of what's going on? And we got a actually decent No Man's Land storytelling between Do you the- really think that's going to happen? Do you really think they're going to tie like? Let's be honest, they always get, like, they can't even throw Batman in a fucking show that deals with Batman. Do you really think they're going <laughs> to cross over like that? I, look, I will be happy to be wrong, but let's be honest here. Like, they always give us blue balls, like bat balls. I'll just call it that. They always give us fucking bat balls with that. They they always dodge around, like, 
Batman better be in the fucking show. He doesn't have to be in every episode, but he better be in it if they're going to be doing these, I don't know, crossover television shows to movies. That was my thing, is that, like, if this was going to be a sequel, are we going to get Batman and the Penguin then? We better. I know, right? (laughs) So my other thing to that is, Warner Brothers, to my knowledge right now, is in the works to not be owned by AT&T anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Discovery is picking up Warner Brothers and its properties. Oh, okay. Really? And that's why Flash is delayed. That's why Aquaman's delayed. That's why a lot of things are getting delayed now is because Discovery will have the option to let these things air or not, Mm. to my understanding. Even though they've been publicized? Yep. To my understanding, which I'm a peon in Alabama, but from everything that I've read, everything that I've heard, all that jazz, if Discovery or since Discovery has bought them, if I'm remembering and reading this correctly, then they have the option to not distribute these properties. So with Discovery taking over and, you know, they seem to be doing pretty decent on their streaming in and stuff like that. And maybe they, you know, don't know comics and and things like that. Do you think they'd be smart enough to sit there and say, look, this isn't our forte, but hey, you make these two series happen. Like, let's do this. Maybe. My point is, is that it'll be out of AT&T's hands. Okay. I still don't. I don't think (laughs) AT&T was the issue here. I think it's always been Warner Brothers because Warner Brothers has always made it to where they don't want to put Batman in a television show because they think it'll confuse viewers, which I don't think that's true. Even now, though, this isn't like a different Batman. It's the same, but I just don't, I don't know. It depends on how much money they want to throw at it. Right. Because I know if they got to get Pattinson into a television show, they got to throw him like a truckload of money. But but this is also HBO and HBO is doing truckloads of money at Game of Thrones and they're about to do truckloads of money at the Game of well, Thrones prequel and stuff like that. I didn't say that they wouldn't. I'm just saying like they're going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I look, I, I am fine with it if it's done right. But I've been burned too many times with the logo WB in front of it. Look, I don't hate them as much as I hate Sony because Sony <laughs> is at least like, or not at least, but Sony is just fucking assholes 90% of the time. But WB tries to somewhat do right, but I just don't understand this weird, like, no Batman, Superman in television type things. If it's done right, I'm down for it. But I'm just too... I've been burned too many times, so I'm just cautious. That's all I'm saying. You've been shot too many times in the butt with an arrow? Yes, exactly. (laughs) All right, so... I'm sorry. I think I just ransacked you, Jeremy, because you were saying something about the Penguin HBO show. So, Oh, yeah. I mean, just on like where we could go or things like that. Like I was just, just saying, like, I think it's going to be really cool to see his portrayal, like his whole storyline there, his kind of rise to power or whatever it may be. And I mean, like as far as, yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought with that one. <laughs> My bad, man. No, That's all, man. No, no, no. It's 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 perfectly fine. It doesn't it doesn't take much to derail me there. I mean, just a <laughs> a glimpse of Brie Larson, and I'm just done for. So. <laughs> you you poor poor little man. <laughs> you can feel Richard's eye roll like it's <laughs> it makes its way to the sound waves like it's. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's got that whole uh, that whole T Rex stomp to it, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, honestly, like I said, I'm gonna be really interested to see what the heck is going on with Martha there, kind of what that what that brings along. Of course, obviously, I don't know 
anything about a court of owls, really. So I think that's going to be really cool if we can see that. I'm kind of with Richard on the on the Joker thing. I think he's been done enough, and he's been kind of an, a, a scapegoat almost. Seems like trying to do a Joker thing. Uh, don't get me wrong; the one with Heath, Heath Ledger was amazing. Uh, I mean, should have been just done with him. That's it, <laughs> kind of thing. But yeah, I don't. I don't want to see. I don't really care to see any more about about Joker right now. I like I like learning about other villains and more in depth about them. So, what other villains would y'all like to see in this series? Because let's be honest, Colin Farrell, the makeup on that was freaking amazing. Oh yeah, and they they apparently signed Colin Farrell onto that Penguin show because they're going to fork money over to him on that, and then they're going to have to fork money over to the costume department because yeah, that costume was amazing. Yeah, yeah. if there was no like Colin Farrell played this character, I would have never known that that was Colin Farrell. No. Uh, once again, I didn't have any notes about him, but he was amazing. Quick mentions. I love that he has a little penguin waddle when he's handcuffed, when uh, they're talking about the El Rata thing, and he's all like, don't you know how oh, to speak yes. Spanish? <laughs> and he's like, it's law. And then when they leave, he's like, are you just going to leave me handcuffed? And he kind of does like a little penguin waddle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was fun. But yeah, I agree. He did awesome. Sorry. Yeah. Didn't mean to go off on that. No, no, you're good. Who do y'all want to Who would y'all want to see, though? Like in this this setting, this environment, what what characters could, uh, I mean, would you want to so see? So I've, I've always wanted to see a better take on Mr. Freeze because I've always hated the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Joel Schumacher, ice puns. I have an idea, and I'll just air it out on the podcast, whoever can have it for free. I always thought Nolan could do a good Mr. Freeze, and this makes more sense in like a two-hour-long movie instead of like... Anyway, you still keep the uh, Freeze and Nora thing where like Freeze is madly in love with his wife. His wife comes down with this weird like virus that's going to kill her. And instead of doing the whole like he's an ice man that has to be iced all the time, I was going to have it to where Freeze just injects himself with the same virus. And he's going to try and cure her by testing on himself. But because he has the virus, he gets, you know how like when you get sick, you get fever. And sometimes when you have a high enough fever so your brain doesn't burn out, they pack you in ice. So then he would just make himself a like scuba suit with tubing and run liquid nitrogen through it. And that would keep him like cooled at a normal temperature. And then he could do, I hadn't really thought of the crime stuff, but like that's essentially like how you could do a more realistic looking Mr. Freeze. Like obviously he wouldn't have the fish bowl or the white skin or stuff like that. You could give him like a white, like sickly skin, but I would love to see a take on Freeze. And I've heard Reeves talk about possibly doing a Mr. Freeze. Another one that I would love to see, it, we've seen Two-Face already. But I would like to see either a clay face. We've never seen a clay face done before. It'd be kind of hard to do a like grounded real clay face. I think perfectly for this world, the ventriloquist would be a perfect villain with Scarface and like a crazy person who thinks like this doll's alive. I think that would be... Shit, you were speaking my language now. Hot damn. Yeah, I think the ventriloquist would fit perfect into this world, but... Yeah, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Like, not Mad Hatter, no. I'd be fine with Mad Hatter. 
I'd like to see a Poison Ivy, honestly, again, but I don't think it would fit into this world. We haven't really seen a cool, like, version of Poison Ivy in a live action. I don't want Bane. I'm tired of Bane as well, other than I just like making fun of the voice. By the way, I'm not against your Freeze idea. I like it, Mm -hmm. but it sounds like Bane to me. How? Bane has the mask to sit there and feed his meds because he's been beaten so badly, but now he doesn't feel pain or anything like that anymore but he has to continuously have these meds to be able to do all the things that he does. Whereas Freeze, in your version of Freeze, again, I'm not against it. I like it, but I'm just saying. And, you know, he gives himself the fever that he cannot ever break. And so he has to build a costume to keep his fever down. Yeah. So he has to have something to fight off his illness. And then that gives him more, for lack of better words, powers. To be able to go out and do other things. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to give him, like, a Freeze gun. I was just going to have him still use, like... Like, just murder people, like, normally. Um, uh, I just wanted the cool, like, idea of this man. I like, Freeze is my favorite Batman villain because he's the closest one that I'm like, yeah, I could totally see myself possibly doing that, where, like, he just really loves his wife and he's just trying to cure her and keep her from dying and he'll literally do anything to do that. So, to me, he's a tragic villain, in my opinion, than than most of the other Batman villains. But anyway, we, we need to talk about the Nolan ones because I don't... Anyway, well, moving on. <laughs> Real quick, if you're wanting something with Mr. Freeze in it, if you're looking for a story, Batman the Animated Series, Heart of Ice. Yes. Go watch that. That's all you need. Just watch that. Was it nominated or did it win an award? Oh, man. I think it did win an award. Uh, that's a... I can't remember. That is a long time ago. I do not know. <laughs> But that is by far what you need to watch and see. It's it's a very good episode. Go look it up. It's on HBO Max. Or you could just go talk to Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. <laughs> Fuck that movie. <laughs> okay. Here's my two that I picked up. I'm not going to lie. Your ventriloquist. I flipping love that. I want to see that now. I want to see that so bad now. However, I would love to see a really good Victor Zaz. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Victor Zaz, he's basically an insane killmonger. He marks himself. Yeah. He doesn't have the training that killmonger has, but he's a murderer and he marks himself all that jazz. Yeah, to me, that's too close to Riddler in the sense that he's just another serial killer that like he doesn't use puzzles, but like he just murders people with knives <laughs> instead of a, a weird carpet tool. Right. Yeah, but like Zaz doesn't have to have Zaz just murders people. Yeah, it's usually with a like. Yeah, that's true. You're right. All right. Anyway, sorry. And then somebody on Instagram made this out, and I loved it. Calendar Man. Yeah. Honestly, this movie was very long Halloween a little bit. I really, really wanted... I just want the long Halloween. I just want that story (laughs) told on screen. All right. So something I think that you're absolutely going to hate. Could the Riddler and the Joker meeting lead to the War of Jokes and Riddles (sighs) storyline? Okay. Fuck that noise. One, that's a dumb idea. Two, that was a dumb story. And three, like, I, I think I think No Man's Land, honestly, is where they may be going for for something. Uh, I think you're right there. Yeah. But I, I don't know. The, the whole Joker thing really bugged me because I'm like, I'm fine with like, because in the true Batman mythos, Batman, like, one of his, like, first days of being Batman, he creates the Joker. Like, if we're going with the Killing Joke story, which is another comic that, Jeremy, I don't think you've ever read. 
that we should absolutely read and talk about on the on the podcast. Yeah. But it's the Alan Moore story of the essential Joker origin story. But yeah, I don't like the war of jokes and riddles. I don't like anything that's been going on in the DC <laughs> universe. Marvel's coming back for me. I've stopped reading comics for a while now, like current runs. But the the inclusion of Joker in this really muddied the possible sequels for, for this, for me. See, I just think it could just be like just fan service. I honestly believe we're going no man's land, and I believe it's going to be part of the TV show or TV shows. I believe that from there, we will eventually get to Court of Owls. I don't think it's going to be the sequel. I think it will be the third. If Like, if we go trilogy, I think it'll be the third and last movie. And I honestly think that'll be a shame. And if they do do a third last movie, that it should be a two-parter. Oh, God, no. Just my opinion. No, I hate two-parters at this point. <laughs> I think he should have to take on the Talons and then take on the Court of Owls. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah, that'd be cool. So, Sounds good. <laughs> so, what was the Riddler's real name in this movie? Did y'all ever catch it? Uh, it's Edward Nashton. That's what he showed on his um his driver's license, which is his real name. And they said, we you know, which one's you? And he was like, you tell me, or something like that, right? Yeah. I couldn't read the other one. I thought it was maybe Edward Nigma. Okay. I, I'm planning on going to see this in the near future again. So I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that. Maybe mention it. But uh, I know the bottom one said Edward Nashton, which is his real name. Gotcha. That kind of bugged me. Not gonna lie. All right. Well, I mean, I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Jeremy, where can they find you at? Uh, well, they can find me on uh, Twitch every now and then uh, streaming and you can find me under the handle night fury GTO. That's night with a K and yeah, just streaming kind of just whatever. Um, and then, of course, you can find me on here. Richard, where can they find you at? Uh, if you want to contact me directly, you can contact me on the Twitter handle Night Curry, Night like day and night, and Curry with a K. Also, <laughs> one word. Um, you can also find me here on the podcast. Uh, if you want to contact us directly for the podcast, you can DM us via our Instagram. Our Instagram is comically comics podcast, and we also have a Gmail, which is comically comics podcast at gmail.com. Awesome. Y'all can find me on Instagram and YouTube at 22 comics. Uh, you can also find me on whatnot. I just had my first whatnot sale, sold like 21 books. Oh, wow. So I was freaking excited about that. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed as much as we did making this. And uh, y'all come back and see us again on Monday. Say goodbye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye. It's not whipped. Whipped is... That's what I did. Whoopah! You can't do anything!